super excited for this conversation because Todd, you've been doing franchising for a long time at various elements of the franchise business, which gives you, I'm sure, a unique perspective where you are today. So even though we could probably talk about it for a significant amount of time, when I say, what's your franchise story, how would you answer that? Well, um, it's, it's diverse and it's varied and it's, um, my story is that I've committed my career to it. Uh, <clears throat> Nick, 35 plus years in franchising. And I would say I wouldn't be here today without some amazing mentors along the way. Um, but uh, as you said, I've had an opportunity to be involved in every aspect of franchising. And I've always wanted to be very, very good at all different things, not just one thing in franchising. And so all throughout my career, I've been able to uh, work with wonderful organizations, great brands, and uh, most importantly, help put people in business and help them succeed. And I think that's absolutely the beauty of franchising. So if I, if I were writing out a blueprint for how to become a CEO or president of a franchise brand, I would absolutely show yours as a, as a great case study. I don't know that I would have said stay 27 years at, at one job, which call, call that like you could be the most loyal person in franchise. And I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. Um, but I think your blueprint, you go from, from ops to merchandising to franchise development to marketing, understanding all these different elements, which positions you well for where you are today. Um, talk about like, let's, let's fast forward to the, the current business. How do you get involved in, in this and what is your pathway inside of, of the company that you're at today? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, it all starts someplace. And as you mentioned, 27 years, with one company, which is Winmark corporation. Um, what I learned there and, and first of all, learning startup at that organization was critical because when I entered the company, there were just a handful of us. We were a small management team with with two locations and one brand <clears throat> ended up franchising and building this business to hundreds of locations in the um, played against sports brand and then scaled the resale retail concept to four other businesses, which many people know about Plato's Closet and Style Encore and Musical Round and Once Upon a Child. Um, that built a foundation of operational excellence that I learned um, in that organization and they still do it today. Um, but then fast forwarding to uh, other parts of my career, which I was able to get into more development and then more leadership. And where it led me was a private equity company called Proprietors Capital Holdings uh, in Minneapolis, St. Paul owns, we own approximately 17 different companies in a variety of industries. And franchising is a big part of what this group has done. They were looking for um, leadership to expand the depth of their executive bench <clears throat> and brought me in to really help run some of their companies. And so I've uh, been in a, a few different positions here with different brands, but ultimately as president of Pedal Pub, um, it allows me to take, again, my background and experience, find the right people to put in the organization that are really smart, um, talented individuals and build this national brand to what it is today, which is the largest party bike business in the world. And uh, doing that by day after day, we're running the company, um, building support teams, uh, helping our franchisees grow and continue to find and select the right franchisees to put in this business. I see uh, Stopover, whether it's still active or not due to the state of the company. I'm just curious. Uh, Stopover with pros of becoming uh, area developer. And so you're stepping in as a franchisee as well. 
is that is that still active or is that uh, was that a stopover to learn another aspect of franchising? That was a great experience. Um, and I've been involved in multiple area developments, which, you know, for for an audience, what that means is that you essentially become a sub franchisor or you buy the licensing rights to franchise a brand in a particular market area which is exactly what I did with uh, with pros built the largest region in the country with the brand and um, wonderful, phenomenal brand. Um, unfortunately, that franchisor is no longer operating today. Uh, we still have locations operating independently, um, but uh, it was a great it was a great exercise and, and um, uh, experience in, again, putting people in business and being extremely hands on in the process of doing everything from end to end as the franchisor. <clears throat> One of my friends uh, and clients, Jason Markowitz, was also involved in the business. Um, and I'm sure like the lessons learned from that too, because you said obviously no longer no longer a franchisor. Um, lots of lessons learned were absolutely the right category, maybe not the right infrastructure. And when I'm hearing what you put together with the pedal pub, you said infrastructure and right leadership. Like I think you're you probably learned some of the lessons from that that you're now cross applying into the business today. I agree completely. I think that you can grow too fast. I think that there are situations where there's great concepts. Um, we all have great ideas, put them into practice, but ultimately to succeed as a franchisor, um, you need a lot of good things going for you, not just a good idea. And that was a remarkable idea and still is to this day but you need to have the right people. You need to have the right capital. You need to have the right patience. You need to have certain things that are going your way just to grow. And it's no trivial matter to get to just 10, 20, 30 locations in franchising. And that brand did it. <clears throat> um, but to really scale up, you need a really solid infrastructure to do it. Yeah, and therefore call it, call it a badge of honor. You, you learn more and then you cross apply it over here. I see similarities if I'm if I'm trying to make a comparison to some of the experiential side that you're doing with Pedal Pub back to even what Winmark was able to do. Very hyper focused on a category, didn't really divert much far away from what your expertise was in. It seems like you're doing very similar in, in what could be a collection of companies or, or one, depending on the direction that you go in. But it seems you're very dialed into saying, let's do something really, really well. Is that yeah. is that accurate when it comes to Pedal Pub? It is accurate. So what really attracted me to this, uh, Nick, was the experience economy. And there may be no more important trend in America today in Canada than the experiential business. And so Pedal Pub was our first foray into the experience economy. That is people that would rather spend money on experiences than goods. And so this is being driven by the millennial generation. The experience economy is booming. It's like $12 billion right now. And so we wanted to be a part of this. <clears throat> and so when you look at Pedal Pub, largest business like it in, in the world, 60 plus locations operating in North America and growing. Um, but we also felt like what other experiences can we add to the platform that makes sense? Um, and so you're gonna see very quickly in the future, uh, a live game show challenge concept, live game show um, that is gonna be in the marketplace. Uh, we're operating one right now. Uh, we're incubating that concept and we're going to be expanding on that. Um, we have dipped our toe into the escape room business. We have gotten into some really wild businesses like a, a concept called Zombie Rampage, which is a paintball business. All of these 
concept ideas center around the idea of experience. <clears throat> and so, yeah, we're super hyper-focused on, on what it is. And, uh, and, and as a PE company, we're always looking at new ideas too and new concepts to add the, to the platform and pair these businesses even together if we can. How many current locations do you have with Pedal Pub? We have 60 locations operating another 12 in development. Are those done by, are the franchisees becoming multi-unit or is it more single unit franchise owners? Yeah, good question. Uh, because of the nature of our territory strategy, unlike some brands where you can put, you know, three to five mile radiuses around protected territories, the, the business we're in there is more city driven than it is, I would say, almost street and market driven. So um, very, very few multi-unit owners. We're beginning to see a little bit of it out west in California, where we're going to have a multiple unit owner north of L.A., mm -hmm. but uh, primarily it's single market. Okay. Are you doing an item 19? We do have an item 19. Yes, we've okay. done it for the last couple of years. Absolutely. How, how does that relate back to the cost to get in? Um, it relates well. Uh, what we do in our item 19 is we really list out two really important factors that people are curious about. One of them is revenue. And in our business, we give you uh, a breakdown in a tier of revenue per number of years in business. Because like most businesses, people want to know how the business is going to scale from one day, from year one to year five and so forth. And we do that in there. We also connect the dots in the item 19 to the number of tours we do annually. Um, and the number of tours we do in our entire network. We do over 50,000 tours a year at Pedal Pub today with a half a million people that ride our bikes every single year. So when you add up those numbers and you look at our investment <clears throat> in franchising, still a relatively modest investment for a franchise um, that ranges, as you can see, from 117 to 270 um, or anywhere in, de in between, depending on the market and which one we go into. So out of, out of curiosity on regulations, I mean, do you get, do you get beyond regulations because, you know, pri private trolleys or buses have already put in the work there that this falls under that category, or do you have to work with the community when you've decided we want to open there? Is it, is there a lot of red tape when it comes to figuring out where you can actually grow with the brand? Yeah, I would say that's probably one of the number one uh, challenges we have and opportunities from a launch standpoint. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, we work with every franchise owner to uh, make sure that we can get permitted and market approval and road ready with our bikes. We do a lot of that work up front, so that we're targeting specific markets. We understand if there's red flags getting in. It doesn't mean we can't get open, it just means it's gonna take more work. Yeah. And, and what we make sure of is that we have great relationships with the city, um, with business leaders, our franchisees are on the ground working with those folks and we're doing it together as a team. At the end of the day, the city wants to know who the operator and owner is in the city. I mean, sure, they, they, they don't mind hearing from us at the corporate level, but really it all help, It all works in the community. And so it's a combination, Nick, of both. Um, some markets we go into, we call it a green light market where we can go in and, and the city is asking for us to come in. They're ready for us. Others have never heard about us yet. And so there's an education process. One way or the other, we typically always find success to get open. Have the trolley or private uh, <clears throat> you know, limousine companies that, that are already doing this for, for weddings in that it's an event-based, you're, you're renting out a vehicle, 
uh, you're transporting and most of the time there's, there is alcohol involved. Uh, have they looked at this and said, how do we become a franchisee and how do we diversify our portfolio given that we already know who our customer base is? We're beginning to see more and more people that are in the experience economy, the tour operation business. And now Nick, what we're seeing is a lot of interest from restaurant bar owner and brew pub owners to pair this business with their existing business because of what you just said, common clientele, common operating hours, same market, a lot of crossover back and forth. And so they're leveraging that. And uh, we just awarded two locations out in, um, in the LA market with a new franchisee that owns two breweries. And so this is a trend that we're seeing now. So yes, that's a, that's a big target for us. Love it. I would imagine, I mean, like play, played against sports. I think one of the magics of play against sports is, was the name. Like the name was so spectacular that it would be hard. Like Nick's, Nick's used sports equipment is just not going to do the same thing. Do you feel that because you're, you're pushing first market, it actually creates more of a point of differentiation that would, that would eliminate someone going direct to, you know, a manufacturer and saying, I'm going to do this on my own. Is that, is that part of the magic here? Is that first to market, we're figuring out regulations. We know how to get uh, our, our vehicles uh, ordered fast enough to get, get back on the, on the road. Like, how do you stand out to make sure that, you know, a competitor doesn't pop up here or can't get, can't get steam. Like, again, against the uh, played against sports would be very challenging. Yeah, no, played against sports is a great example. I mean, I, I lived that business for a long, long time. And um, we got a big jump on the marketplace. And by the time people figured it out, and you're into the hundreds of locations, and you've got system and process in place and, and branding, um, it's all really, really critical. <clears throat> you don't always have to be first, as long as you're good at what you do. But in our case, being first with pedal pub, We've been operating for 17 years. We started the industry. So as such, one of the benefits you realize with it is you become sort of the, the brand of the industry. So when somebody sees a tour party bike going down the road, they, they go, hey, that's a pedal pub. Um, so we've, we've, we've carved out a brand name with our brand name for the industry. But getting that lead is important. Um, it means that you've got systems in place. You've got people in place. You've got marketing. We have both national, regional, and local marketing with our national ad funds. Um, we have operations teams that are in the field working, great development teams. And so you get all these things and you get momentum and scale. And uh, it, it does, to a certain extent, maybe um, hold back some of the competition. But we still have a lot of really great competitors in the marketplace. But uh, so far, so good. Well, I think you you win. I mean, the what you just said, the the brand name. If you take Pedal Pub as a brand name versus Escape Escape Room, like the reality, Escape Room is the equivalent of Kleenex. There are many variations on it, but they're all still called Escape Room, whether they they're a different mm -hmm. brand or not. So the, there could be points of differentiation in the experience, but Escape Room is what what it's called. And here you've owned basically the name of what this is, so that actually probably helps you that even if a competitor does open up, it's still, it's a pedal pub. Yeah. You know, the SEO is great because um, you can have people uh, look, we're going to, we're going to end up at the top of most searches. Uh, people are going to search our competitors and we're going to come up first in a lot of cases. And that's just good marketing. Um, and it's also a power of the brand. And uh, that can't be done without really good owners and operators in the field and really good marketing teams and, and, 
frankly, just uh, longevity, being around long enough. You know, we've got 200 plus bikes on the road right now. So every one of those bikes is a moving billboard. Every one of those bikes is advertising our presence in a marketplace. And so it's pretty rare when we speak with somebody that is interested in a franchise that hasn't seen our product on the road. And that, again, just lends to the brand power of the name. And look, we didn't make up the name. Um, uh, the founders did that, but uh, it's a great name. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on the spot with a question. So I apologize in advance for, for this. But you've been in franchising a long time. So what's one thing that disappoints you that hasn't made its way through franchising from the beginning of your career to, to today? And what's one thing that you're like, all right, we've come a long way in franchising on this as well. Something mm -hmm. positive and negative that you've thought of uh, throughout your career. Yeah, not me personally, but just the franchise space. Yeah. In general. <clears throat> well, that's a really great question, Nick. Um, what are we still working on? I think we've come a long ways in a lot of key areas. Um, I would say this, you know, franchising dominates every single industry. Doesn't matter what industry it is. There's a franchise opening every eight minutes in America. And um, there still sometimes tends to be a negativity towards franchising, whether it's government and the stuff that we're dealing with right now in some states yeah. um, with employee issues. Um, but it's just sometimes a lack of knowledge and awareness about what franchising really means from a positive standpoint. Sometimes people look at franchising and say, uh, you know, they look at it in a negative light, um, unfortunately. And maybe they look at uh, locations that closed. Maybe they look at uh, brands that didn't make it, um, whatever the case may be. And, and so I think we haven't got there yet in terms of the positive impact that franchising makes in our world, in terms of uh, employment, um, what it does for our economy, what it does for uh, tax base. It does so much for the entrepreneur and the people in the company. So I think that's something that we, we just still need more education. The IFA, by the way, is doing a great job with that and uh, is always battling that. <clears throat> I think what I'm really, what I'm really just kind of gratified to see in franchising is, is that there's so many different brands and industries that have popped up in the marketplace today. And I think franchising is an amazing way to scale a business idea. And you can you can scale business a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be franchising. But I love the fact that so many people have gone to franchising and that's great and opened the door to business ownership. Because ultimately, franchising to me is really that that on ramp to business ownership for a lot of people that normally either couldn't figure out how to open a business on their own, get started the right way. And it's really it's been gratifying to see for 30 plus years because it wasn't the case maybe 35, 30 years ago. Um, today, it's very much the case. So, um, that, that's how I think about it. I think, I think it's a great answer. I mean, my, my take is, I think what I, I've been doing this since 2005. So not as long as you, but I've been in franchise. I, I fell into it accidentally. Um, I think what disappoints me is franchisors are still doing franchise sales. And you've, you've been at a, a few that it's, it's about, it's about the deal. Uh, I, I think we're coming along to those that develop franchisees and award units. Um, but ultimately, we have so many human beings that are willing to invest their life savings 
for a business that they have little to no control over. And so I, I like, and I can see it on yours and it comes back to, to leadership. Like the first thing, if I'm, if I'm doing my due diligence on a, on a business, I want to say, who's the people behind this? Who's going to support me? What, what's going to happen when shit hits the fan? What's the institutional knowledge? I can see that in yours. Like you've, you've been through all the ups and downs. You've seen 2001, you've seen 2008, you've seen 2020. Like if, if I'm like, Hey, how do I navigate this Todd? I, I know who to call. And I think there's, tremendous value on that. And and I agree with you on the on the general sense of what is franchising. You could still ask someone, what's your perception? Uh, and they don't understand that there's a small business owner behind that business. Now, I think I think early on, McDonald's did a fantastic job when they called the franchisee an owner operator. Mm-hmm. And then they vacated that. They stopped talking about people and they started talking about brand. And they're, they're the king of the castle. And so when the king of the castle has changed that narrative, to everybody else they don't understand that that todd or nick has put their life savings behind this business so i think we're we're, there's progress being made but i i agree with everything that you said i think it's 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 deeply critical that we continue to make movement and i think it's deeply critical uh that we continue to really hyper in on franchisee success because they're the ones they're the ones that are investing in this so that a brand has ability to scale yeah i i would say in follow-up to that you're right i think um you know, we assume that everybody in franchising is is great and they all know what they're doing. And some companies are young and emerging. Some companies have been around a long time and do a wonderful job. But but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's really about, you know, not just building a brand, but building a successful ecosystem with franchisee and franchisor and having these relationships that really make sense so that you can grow a brand, but ultimately help people be successful. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the 2001, 2009, 10, the recession, you know, I saw a lot of people that didn't make it and it was hard. And then you come out of that and not everybody makes it in every business. And, you know, you, you, you want everybody to make it, you want everybody to succeed and and make their dreams come true. So where I've landed in my career is I, I think about every day when we come into this, into this business is how do we support our franchisees for success and profitability? And it's not a cliche and a tagline for us. It's the real thing. And so we build our organization around people that understand that. Um, that's that's the backbone of the organization. And, and if it isn't for a franchisor and it's really just about sales, that's a hard path because you got to sell a lot of units. Um, so I, I've seen all of that. Um, but yeah, great comment. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to ask you. I, I like saying, "What's what do you want the buyer to know about you?" That is that is a ghost around the web. But I, I would imagine the first start of the answer, which which I don't know that this comes across in your website currently, is what you just said. We're we're deeply invested in the success of our franchisees, and here is how we've done it through foundation, through through being properly capitalized franchisor, which there there are many that are not, so they they have to rely on the franchise fee uh to to keep the lights on and so some of the things you just said are deeply important to it but is there anything else that you want to add to the ghost candidate that's out there that hasn't given you their name on why you why now yeah i think it's not overly complicated i think when you look at uh, somebody that's going to make a choice in owning a franchise i think first and foremost we're both trying to find the right fit and we know what our ideal candidate profile looks like. And we we look at that and that's 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 our guide. Um, and look, we both get a vote at the end of the day. 
the franchisee candidate and us about who's going to go into business. But you're right. We're going to talk a lot about uh, and make sure that our messaging comes through loud and clear about number one, um, our history, um, our track record, the strength of our brand in our business. Um, you know, you're selling yourself. Uh, and so you've got to be able to talk about who's behind the company. So you got to talk about your expertise, your experience levels, how you're going to navigate um, the good times and bad, because you're going to have both. Um, it's good to have be a company that has capital and therefore can innovate. And that's important. And we've done it a long time, not just a little bit of time. And that we're going to be patient and we're going to make sure that, that not only put the right people in business in the right markets, but we are also going to support them. And so, Nick, we, we walk them through every step of the of the support process through their whole discovery uh, of, with us. And um, for Pedal Pub, it's great because it's a lifestyle brand. It's a fun brand. It's 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 a rare brand that the consumer every single time they're a part of it is smiling and having a great time. What we say, Nick, is you know, we're selling memories. We're selling social interaction. That's not that hard to do. You know, people love it. And so that's our message um, to whether it's candidates or frankly, whether it's to the end user, which is so important to us. I love that. I mean, I've always said brands don't sell brands. People do. Most brands sell brands in franchising. And what I just heard, I heard you use the word we, or the word support, like you, you are dialed into the franchisee. Um, and I would imagine that's because of the depth of your background. Most don't have that when it comes to growing a business. It's much more about are you financially qualified and ready to buy or not? Um, and I think that's, that's, a, that's a tremendous statement. And so to a buyer, if you're looking to buy the person, you're buying you, you're buying the team that you've put in place, uh, and you're trusting that the widget that you've chose to put your energy behind is, is a viable business opportunity. I think you've done a tremendous job at building this out. Thank you. All right. Well, that's another episode of Meet the Zor. Todd, thanks for sharing your story. I look forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, I, I will be a fan watching from the sidelines. So for Todd, I'm Nick. Well, I'm thank you, Nick. Take care, everybody. Thank you for spending time with you. Take care. See you. Bye-bye.